In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A question I am asked sometimes uh, that I, while I've been in the seminary and also now that I'm approaching uh, priestly ordination, God willing, is do I get sad seeing my close friends getting married and starting families? Well, I can't do that anymore at this point. Uh, and the answer to that question is that I do get sad for a few minutes. It's a beautiful thing to see your close friends, people that are like your brothers and your sisters, coming forward to the altar, looking nice, getting ready to make this huge step in their lives, a very meaningful step in their lives. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And you know they're going to go have fun at the party. And there's a lot of fun associated with the rest of the process, not just the party. It's just a beautiful thing to love someone and have them love you back and to think of the idea of creating a family with that person, having kids and raising them and progressing through the rest of your lives together, living for each other. So I get sad for a few minutes when I think about that. And there's a couple things that make me not sad anymore. The first one is I remember what I'm doing and how meaningful that is. And so that makes me forget about that stuff. Not that it's bad, it's still good. It just makes me forget about it. But the other thing is that I quickly realized that this thing I'm witnessing, the marriage of close friends, them starting a family together, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about them. The moment is about them. This beautiful thing that's happening is about them and where they stand in front of God and the journey they're about to make in front of God. It's... The joy becomes different. The joy becomes they're now entering into their vocation. And my vocation, it's not that it has nothing to do with them anymore. It's not like I'm not involved at all. But there is joy in the fact, in the reality of being a witness to their love as a friend. Sometimes, like I said, even like a part of their family, like a brother or a sister. And this role of being a witness of being a friend, of being like a sibling, has its own joy. And it's more than I can ask for. A lot of what makes us sad or anxious in various parts of our lives is living in our own heads, thinking that so many things are about us, thinking that in many different ways, the world revolves around us as individuals. A lifestyle where we're seeking to be the center of attention. A lifestyle that makes us concerned only about ourselves. And living this way, should, if, it should become no surprise that you fall into anxiety. Because think about it. When you're living this way, living in your own head, concerned with only your own self, your own needs, your own immediate comfort, your own immediate happiness, how can I be happy today? How can I be fulfilled today? How can I be comfortable today? How can I cross the things off of my checklist today? Of course, you're never going to be fulfilled because you don't exist as an individual. That's one thing our society does not teach. That's one thing our society does not emphasize. We do not exist as individuals. That is not our human nature. 
Our society has forgotten there is even such a thing as a human nature, something that makes us human. What is at our core? What is essential about us? What makes us human versus anything else at all? And one of the most fundamental things that makes us human is that we do not exist as individuals to focus only on our own needs and the things that make us happy, especially those things that make us feel happy in a passing way. On the other hand, we exist as members of families. We exist as members of a community. We exist not just to live around others or with others, but for others. That is not just a truth about human philosophy. That is a teaching that's at the heart of the gospel. That is a teaching that's at the heart of who Jesus is and what he teaches us about himself and the path that we're called to follow. John the Baptist today and today's gospel is an example of that very truth, that we're not meant to live just for ourselves, but for the sake of others. Now, not just for the sake of others, but also for the sake of a bigger picture. And that bigger picture is what? It's to fulfill God's will in our lives and in the lives of others. John the Baptist's disciples come to him with this issue that Jesus and his disciples are now baptizing. And the quantity of people that are going to Jesus is now more than those that are going to John, because John was baptizing previously. And what is John the Baptist's response? What is the direction that he points us into? He must increase while I must decrease. John the Baptist is such a virtuous man that he can recognize the fact of where he stands in that bigger picture of fulfilling God's will, of where he stands in front of Jesus. So it's not like John the Baptist has diminished from the picture at this point. Just like I said, when I see my friends and I see them entering into their own joy, especially in the sacrament of matrimony, and I feel happy for them. It's not like the rest of their family, the rest of their friends, I included, diminish from the picture. No, we are lifted to the dignity of having a role of being a witness and a, a part of their lives. John the Baptist is not gone from the picture. He's done his job. He's preached about the coming of Christ. He's laid down the path for Christ. But when Christ has come, Christ lives, lifts him to the dignity of being the best man of the wedding where Christ is marrying us, his church, where he's calling his disciples to become united with him. What greater role is there to be the best man for the groom who is Jesus? What a profound understanding of Jesus John the Baptist has. Why? Because in his life, he has created room for Jesus to increase while he decreases. And that is what we must also do all the time. And what does it mean for us to do that? For us to decrease while Christ increases. Get out of your own head. Do not live just for yourself. Live in a way where you are Christ to others. Live in a way where you're constantly seeking to know more about Christ. Live in a way where you don't just hear the gospel on Sundays and forget about it for the rest of the week but live in a way where that gospel that you hear on Sunday orients the rest of your week, gives a direction for the rest of your week. 
makes you so interested in Christ where you go and look at Scripture yourself during the rest of the week and seek to understand Christ more. Seek to understand His church more. Seek to understand why we need to be living in a community and not just for ourselves. <coughs> and not just in any community, but the community that Christ has established for us on this earth that prepares us for the community in heaven. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to follow the example of not only John the Baptist, but Christ himself, then let us try and see how living a life of Christ-like charity <coughs> and Christ-like sacrifice, where we empty ourselves for others, aids our stress and our anxiety and gets us out of our own head. Amen.